Well, um, I, when I grew up, uh, before I was even a believer, um, I knew church had donuts. And so one of the things we're missing is donuts. So I'm going to offer everybody a virtual donut. Just reach out, take it. It's calorie free, the whole thing. Really stupid. I used to be a youth pastor, so um, that's, that's where that's coming from. Um, I do want to just let you know how much, how encouraged I am that you've uh, tuned in and that you're following along. There's uh, evidence of a hunger in your heart to receive the Word of God by faith, allowing the Word to, to have its effect on the inside of you, a combustion effect releasing faith and strength and hope, because hope is what we are looking for. People try to offer hope in different ways uh, through man's wisdom, but Scripture talks about hope being an anchor for our soul that is rooted in confidently expecting the promises of God, that God says, my promises are yes, and we are to say amen to those. We say, so be it in our life. And so um, we're going to have a little different format today. I thought it would be good to hear from our pastors. Uh, I've asked them to consider five questions today, uh, and they'll be sharing things, practical things of in answer to these questions. Uh, we won't take too much time on each one, but I thought it would be good for you to glean from their own lives what, they're, what they're, the Lord's been showing them. Um, not as a way of, because like when I hear what they're going to say, part of me is going to go, oof, I'm, I'm not doing that, <laughs> you know. But the, 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 the Lord doesn't want you to feel condemned. The Lord, where, where it fits, you know, it's, the Holy Spirit wants to bring conviction. So, so the Holy Spirit brings conviction. The enemy tries to bring condemnation. And so we want to be stirred. Uh, Revelation 12, 11 says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so as we hear testimony, I believe there's going to be a release of fresh grace in each of us to, to rise up and overcome. The fifth question, I'm just going to skip ahead before I ask these questions. The fifth question, I'm going to answer and then give them the rest of the, the time to share. It's about, do you have any kind of prophetic word at this time to encourage the congregation or is there a scripture that would encourage the congregation? And <clears throat> yesterday, this word came in my heart really strongly. I wasn't looking for a word. It just kind of hit me. And it was this phrase that now is the time to draw upon your strategic oil reserve. Mm -hmm. During this lockdown, this shelter in place, I don't know, are we 20 days in? I don't know but it's a lot of days, that now is the time. A, a country, the United States, has what's called a strategic oil reserve. And I looked up the definition. It's, it's the reserve of oil the United States has held back to cope with unexpected events. And so there couldn't be a more unexpected event for the church, for all of us, than this coronavirus. And so... I've been sharing with this church body for over a dozen years now, over 12 years, that we need to buy oil. We need to take time to become acquainted with the Holy Spirit, to sit before him, to sit before him and meditate on his word and to worship. And, 
And it's wisdom to buy oil. Well, now is the time. Jesus instructed the, through a parable to the wise virgins, they took time to buy oil so that they could burn and shine in the darkest hour of human history. And so we are at that place right now, a very dark hour for our nation, but there's time now for us to draw upon our oil reserves, our reality with God, our secret history with God that we've been developing over the years. And now's the time to do that, to become energy independent, to receive the divine energy from the Holy Spirit, independent of what people around us are saying, what people's faces are showing at the grocery store with fear, independent of what the media is saying and this, that, and the other. I want to be energy independent. So three ways, real quickly, the Lord just dropped them in, three ways that we draw upon our oil reserve. Again, the oil is a type for the Holy Spirit. It's that reality of the friendship that you've developed with the Holy Spirit over the years. Three, three ways, they all begin with R. First, remember past times of God blessing you. Remember those. Oh, Lord, you did it back then. You'll do it now. Remember, recognize the present blessings of God. Don't be so consumed with things that you don't go, wow, Lord, that was so neat. I'll explain real briefly on each of these real quickly. Um, then the third is to rehearse out of your mouth and in your mind, the promises of God for future blessing. So remember past blessings, recognize present blessings, and then rehearse the promises of God for future blessing. So, so as, as I said, remember times when God touched your body and healed you physically, or he touched your mind and healed you emotionally, or, the, or times when he delivered you from an addiction or an oppression, or an abusive situation. Remember those times when God showed you mercy and gave you financial provision just in time. (laughs) As you remember those, you're drawing upon your strategic oil reserve. Second, recognize little tokens of God's divine affection for you right now. And I know this sounds, you may, someone may say, well, that wasn't a very big deal. But for you, it was like, Lord, you knew I wanted just that thing. And just that thing, there was one left on the grocery store shelf. And and that was me a couple, couple, well, week and a half ago. I had a craving for tacos. Now, I don't even have a shirt that says I love tacos, but uh, I crave tacos. I'll be real quick, guys. Glory. Last one, glory. (laughs) But I went to the HEB. There were no taco shells. There was nothing and so I'm, I'm all dejected. And then <laughs> behind some sort of other canned goods was this box of taco shells. And I was like, Jesus, I'm your up. favorite, aren't I? <laughs> so re- re- remember and then recognize the now things where God says, ah, I know you. Third, rehearse. Like you rehearse lines for a play. Go over in your mind things where you, the promises of God for the future. For example, Lord, I'm bringing all my tithe into the storehouse and you promise, you promise you will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. 
Lord, your promise is no weapon, Isaiah 54, 17, against, formed against me will prosper. No weapon will prosper, and everything that rises against me in judgment, I condemn it. That's a promise. Whatever those promises are that you are, are looking at, think of those. Oh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let these things come out of your mouth. Father, I thank you for this wonderful pastoral leadership who, Lord, what qualifies them as leaders is that their hearts are humble and obedient to be followers of you, Jesus. Would you anoint their mouths now? May they release encouragement through transparency and humility in ways that will then encourage the body of Christ. And we have hungry hearts. We have submitted hearts to receive you speaking through them. In Jesus' name, amen. First question, whoever would like to answer, how has this crisis worked for good in your life? Or how is it working presently for good in your life? And then two parts, in the, and how has it worked for good in the life of River in the Hills, church family? I'll just go ahead and I just felt, this is me being real transparent, I felt the, near, <clears throat> the nearness of the Lord, just his tangible manifest presence like I've, I've never felt before, like every single day, a lot of times, multiple times a day, he just comes so near and I just know that he's looking at me, I know that he loves me, I know that he's got everything under control, I know that there's truly hope for me, hope for my family, hope for my church family at the end of this and that this truly will end. And so the word that just kind of encapsulates this question for me is nearness. I felt the Lord's nearness uh, like never before. A second thing I've, I've found is uh, Brooke and I got to reach out to neighbors who we've never met before. <laughs> that was a good thing. We, we had the confidence to pray with them, uh, to meet with them and to offer to help them. And uh, this crisis has brought about those opportunities to meet people that we wouldn't have met before and, and really have the boldness and kind of an entryway to pray with them um, in front of them and just agree with heaven's best over them, the neighbors on our street. Um, and then I just, I've seen the Lord work through uh, this software called Zoom, which is like a group hangout thing on the, on the internet. I've just seen his grace, like his super abundant grace go above and beyond um, what usually would, would be his grace in meeting face to face. I've seen his grace go beyond that in those Bible studies and, and him just fill me uh, with his words, fill me with his wisdom and him fill, filling the people that are part of the Bible studies, these youth groups that are uh, still meeting faithfully every single week and drawing encouragement from each other and from the word of God. Um, and so, yeah, just uh, I felt his nearness personally and I felt his nearness through the means that he's given us to still reach people and so the, the best part of this whole thing for me is his nearness and just an increased level of intimacy with Jesus that is, it's life for me. It's what I live for, and he has shown off in this time. And I pray that over each one of you guys, is that the intimacy that we live for, that it would be your reality every single day, that he would draw so near to you, and it would just reorient, reshape your whole thinking, your whole lives, um, to where that nearness doesn't have to go away after society's opened back up. <laughs> It'll just continue to increase. So I love you guys. Good. Yeah, one thing, too, that I've found um, 
this isn't going to necessarily sound like a good thing at first, <laughs> but it is. Uh, it's been really exposing. Um, and But really, it's the mercy of God. Like I think of David in the end of Psalm 139. He takes this whole entire chapter of Scripture to write this poem about how the Lord is like knows him better than he knows himself. That from before the foundations of the world, that the Lord knew him. Before he was formed in his mother, mother's womb, he knew him. That before David had a, a word on his tongue, the Lord knew it altogether. And so he gets to the end of the chapter and he says, okay, you who know everything about me even better than I know myself, search me and know me and show me if there's any wicked way inside of me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so I have found that these past couple of weeks that there has been, there have been moments where I'm just seeing stuff coming up inside of me that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was there. And it's not super pretty. <laughs> and so it doesn't sound like a good thing, but really it's the mercy of God because that's David's second half of that, that statement is, and lead me in the way everlasting. So he knows that the way to life is to forsake and walk away all wicked, uh, from all wickedness and everything inside of our hearts that disagrees with God. And I'm thinking of um, in 2 Corinthians 4, um, Paul says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us, some translations say is working in us, an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And, and so there's just this beauty of when we go through trials and tribulations, it, it exposes the ugly stuff inside of us so that it gives opportunity for us to work through it so that it can translate into an eternal weight of glory in the age to come. Um, just real quick, what's so cool is um, what the Lord has really been doing in my life goes right along with that. I, um, it's been such an increase, a quickness to repentance well, in my so life good. and the quickness to run to the feet of Jesus, to reveal real gaps of the way I responded to trials, the way I responded to tension and the way I responded to conviction. I, um, a couple of days ago, I was spending time with Jesus and I heard Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, and I was like, it's the worst, but it's so good. It says, whoever, in 14 too as well, but whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. So it did two things. It just, it summed up everything of what I feel like a real key of what the Lord is doing in our lives as believers. If we allow him to, we have a choice, but also it's been increasing urgency in my own life to pray for those who don't know the Lord, who don't have a full picture of him, who, who don't know that concealing their transgressions will cause them to fall in calamity. Who don't know that the ones who, if they don't fear him, if they don't come before him in awe and reverence, their heart will, will fail will fall in trials and, trust and testing. So just believing that there's just divine responses to when he encounters them in, for, in our own lives. That's good. <clears throat> it's almost like um, part two is happening too. There are two parts here. The second question, what is this revealed in your life that you want to improve upon? So as you guys are, are sharing, that's, <clears throat> that's what you're sharing as well. Um, specifically back on one, anything with the church family that they're, that you're seeing? Did you already share that a little bit on the Zoom? Or well, yeah, just specifically, we've, we've had four live prayer and worship sets with the Lake Travis Prayer Room up until this crisis. <laughs> yeah. And last week we had 11. So we had 11 hours, more than double, almost three times as much live prayer and worship from this room for our region, for our city, for our families, for us individually. 
And so again, God's grace and even the, the practical application of, of using the tool of, of worship and prayer to, to just come against a, a crisis and agree with God's heart. We've just seen, we've been blown away with the responses from worship leaders that have had more margins in their schedule to actually come in this prayer room and minister to the Lord and believe him that he can greatly flatten the curve in our region. So that's been super encouraging. Um, yeah. And that's increasing this week again, too. And this week, yeah, we're going to have the same number, 11 hours of live worship and prayer uh, here from this room. First of all, to touch the Lord's heart. And then when he gives us a, a little bubble of faith, we pray and agree with his heart for our region. Yeah. And I think one other practical thing is that I'm, I'm seeing, I'm experiencing it personally, and I'm witnessing that there's a, a real fight for connection amongst our church family. What I'm seeing is that yeah. there's a cultivation. Well, it's, we're seeing the fruit of having built community together and really taken seriously the fact that we're a family. And what I'm seeing is that as we're pulling on that history, we're not just, we're not just reaping the fruit, but we're continuing to cultivate. We're not allowing the distance to keep us apart. But last week we did our, our home group on Zoom for the first time. And it was so cool. We had like, what, eight people jumping in and participating. And there's just been a lot of... Um, just reaching out that I've personally experienced and, and heard from others in our staff where in the midst of distance, it's not actually, I mean, yes, it's separating us. I don't want to lessen that because there's a real reality of like, it's painful to not always get to gather together. But in the midst of that, like what Kyle was saying, utilizing the technology, not just for like live streaming worship sets and services, but really utilizing it to stay connected. So. Okay. So that great, great stuff. Uh, what has this second question, <clears throat> I love how this is going to be on the screen. Uh, yeah, there it is. What has this revealed in your life that you want to improve upon? In other words, an area you didn't realize you were deficient in before the crisis hit. Yeah, I'll comment on that one. Um, you know, we've been, I've been staying uh, or been at home a lot more than usual. Yeah, usually out working, um, and you know, leaving kind of early and getting back sometime between five and six and now between now staying at the house most every day. Um, I've, I've realized that I'm not as patient with my kids as, uh, as I thought that I was. Um, and you, you, one could argue, well, no, you're still, maybe you're still patient. You just have more opportunities to be impatient and no, that that's not it. I'm not as, in, I'm not as patient, um, as I want to be. And, um, I think that it took, probably took a couple of days to come to that realization, uh, cause it's sort of sobering and, and a little embarrassing. Um, but also it was, it was good in that it, it gave me something to work on, uh, very, very specifically that, that I ha and I'm not, I haven't, haven't mastered it yet. Um, <laughs> Maybe I never will, but I uh, I want to I want to become more patient. And I'm having a lot more opportunity to try. You know, it's one of those dangerous prayers that you pray, yeah. Lord, help me be more patient. Well, in order to do that, you have to be put in situations where you have the opportunity to be impatient. Yeah. So um, I I just I want to encourage not just myself but all of us to 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 work on that. Just because we're, with our spouses, with a our, you know, you got to be patient with Zoom. I mean, you got to be patient with all the technical stuff that happens. It's wrong. You're going to have a lot of opportunity to be impatient. And, and we're just, we have a real, real unique opportunity to grow in patience in a way that many of us have never, I've never had an opportunity to grow in patience like I have in the last three weeks. And you know, one so. thing I know about you personally, <clears throat> it's a very good quality is you're a, you're a doer. 
you like projects, right? You want things, and and so um, there's a patience aspect to to being rather than doing, right? Yeah. So. That's worked in all of us, wow. right? As well, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah um, one thing for me is that, and I've kind of known this about myself. Um, so it's kind of pathetic that I haven't actually improved upon it yet. Um, but the Lord is merciful. He gives us lots of second chances. Um, <laughs> when I don't have consistency in my schedule, yeah. I, like I'm not very good at managing my time. I, I want to believe that I am. And it's like I know in my head what I should be doing, but actually doing it, there's just a really big disconnect. And it's, I don't like it at all. Um, and for most of my life, I've had the safety of, having a pretty consistent schedule, whether it's a schedule that's given to me by an employer or by school or a schedule that my job is flexible, but I can create consistency within my own life. These past couple of weeks, everything's just changed. Everything's been different. I wouldn't say that things have slowed down necessarily because I'm still, I still have some essential work that I'm doing, but it's a little bit more scattered. It's a little bit less consistent. And so realizing that when I don't have that pattern in my life, that like one of the first things to go is my, my quiet time with the Lord. And, and so, and then the enemy loves to come in and, and accuse and condemn. And, and so then what happens is if I listen to that voice, then my heart just kind of shuts down and I'll go through my whole day or even multiple days at a time, kind of feeling numb, feeling distant, feeling like the Lord's upset with me. And it's honestly, it's, it's mostly subconscious. Like all of a sudden I'll just realize like, why am I so tired? Why am I just so like, I'm just done with life right now. And then I'll realize I haven't even picked up my Bible outside of a worship set in like two and a half days. Well, yeah, this is my life. This is the word. This is my bread. Like, I'm starving myself, and I'm not connecting myself to the source <clears throat> of life. So, of course, I feel this way. Um, and so it, it's just showing me how, like, I don't want changes in, in my schedule to actually dictate the way that my character and my connected to, connectedness to the Lord looks. I want to be steadfast and faithful, just like we were singing about who the Lord is earlier this morning. Like, I want to be steadfast. I want to be faithful no matter what's going on around me, that I don't get shaken by that, but that I can stay consistent. So, you know, so that brings up a really good um, segue to question three, because you're talking about time. And the, yeah. the third question is, how have you been redeeming the time? Ephesians 5 says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So um, what... What specifically are ways that you are, all of you are redeeming the time? Yeah, so we, uh, Brooke and I have been able to go really, really deep in the book of Zechariah uh, through an online Bible study that was opened up to us from the upper room in Dallas with Corey Russell being a teacher and Emila got to join in with me on that. And so um, we've just been going deep in this prophetic book, the second to last a book in the Old Testament, and we've just found so much heart connection, so much glory. Uh, we've been moved to tears. We've been like shaking <laughs> over the Word of God, and it's just been really neat that maybe if it was just a normal schedule, we wouldn't have been able to set aside time like this and just really go deep uh, for an hour at a time in the evening uh, with with this Bible, uh, with this book of the Bible. Um, and then I, this is just really practical for us as as a church, is I've, I've found myself redeeming the time, uh, praying in the spirit a lot more, yeah. is there's been 
Uh, there's only certain battles <laughs> that the Lord calls us to that, that I believe that we can fight with our prayer language <laughs> and praying in the Spirit. And the Lord has led me to do that. And it's not as practical as like, hey, I'm doing this certain thing, but praying in the Spirit actually gives us, it energizes our spirit, it energizes us as people of God to actually um, stay focused, have the wisdom of God. And then when, when we put our hand to a task, there's a lot more grace for it. There's a lot more oil from the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you with those two things. That's what I've found a, a lot of grace for is praying in the Spirit a lot more, praying in tongues and our heavenly language, our personal prayer language, and going deep in a, in a book of the Bible, like just going deep, mining out the glory, mining out the layers that you may, maybe have never seen before. Yes. Um, and then the, the last thing that I've found is um, it's just really, it's personal too, even with some of my family members, is I have asked the Lord and received from the Lord a deeper love and appreciation and honor for the older generation. Because we know, we're, we've seen all the reports that this virus affects more of the, the older generation. And so I'm counting <laughs> the conversations, the times I have you with my dad, with my grandma, uh, with people from our church that I've had conversations with. I'm counting those moments as truly precious. Not in any weird fear that they're going to get the virus, but just the Lord is using it to say, hey, listen to what they have to say. Listen to their stories. Like, glory in me and how I've made them and what they have to give for you. So I love the older generation, but I've, I've had a deeper love. And that's been something the Lord has, has allowed me to redeem the time is respect, honor, treasure the time you have with them. Um, because, yeah, yeah. One of the things that's really helped me, uh, even, even as a precursor to redeeming the time, is, is being uh, intentional about being so thankful every day. Yeah. Just, just for the day. I start every single day with Thanksgiving. I, I did that anyways, which is cool because now I can draw up on that oil. I was thankful when things are good. I, I mean, really, it was a practice. You know, just to, I, I write it out every single morning. Lord, thank you for this day. We have more than enough. Thank you for daily bread. Wow. And, and that's, you know, like when you go to the store and there's not bread on the shelf. Like, you know, like that's like, oh, and then you act, then you actually have to put your money where your mouth is. So, um, being able to being able to uh, to start out every day with with Thanksgiving actually helps direct our my time during the rest of the day to to make good use of of every moment. I I pray a lot in the Spirit also more more than before, <laughs> and uh, and and it and it really does help coming coming into each day with a posture of Thanksgiving. Uh, actually helps block out a lot of the negativity and a lot of the noise and a lot of the fear and a lot of the question because you're you're thankful yeah. a thankful heart doesn't make a lot of room for doubt and worry um and so it's uh, it, it's really helped with with specifics i'll let you guys share more about specifics Go we've on, done some stuff too but <laughs> but yeah but it's but really but really if we if we are if we are flustered confused and divided then we then that you're not going to be able to redeem any time because you're going to spend all your time inwardly focused yeah. on on trying to sort out all that. When when that stuff is sorted and done, then you can stay singularly focused on Jesus and what He's saying and doing, and then you'll be able to hear how He wants you to redeem the time. So it's a, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can drop um, the mic now, Nate. <laughs> exactly. I think for me. Um, I actually, my schedule really hasn't changed that much, so I don't have a ton of extra time. 
Um, I still go into work because I'm a property manager, so I'm an essential worker. But um, I will say that just this whole season change of quarantine, how a lot of people have had a lot of time, for me, it's really put a magnifying glass on how I spend my time normally. And to really be aware of the hour that we're in, and I've really asked the Lord to, I've seen that I have certain, I felt like I had certain rights, like a right to have a, to come home and just hang out and not get on my face before the Lord, or a right to um, not have to spend my whole day working, discipling someone, you know, just rights. I had, I felt like I had rights yeah. um, to just the normal, the normal things that we all think of Sabbath, it's good for us, which those aren't bad, but they can be hindrances. And so this, this time has really put a magnifying glass into that for me. And I've realized that I just need to be aware of the time that we're living in. So I've really been asking the Lord, um, normally would be my chill free time just to be in intercession with him and ask him to just show me regions to contend for, people to pray for, um, just and I just know it, forever, however long this, this lasts, that that's something that I really want to um, be uh, wise upon. And then also when things go back, well, not they're not going to go back to normal, but to really be mindful that they do not go back to normal the way I was using or spending my time before. Right. That we would take this time as a permanent redeeming, right. not just this season, a permanent redeeming. Yeah, that's good. I think for me, similar to Grace, my schedule hasn't like throughout the week really opened up a whole lot, but I feel it on the weekends a lot more because there's less invitation and less opportunity to go out and do things. And so, um, so in that time and even in the evening times, like there's, there's probably one or two nights a week where I'm home a little bit more. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm feeling the wrestle to redeem the time. And so I think for me, I actually... I found a lot of courage this morning or this week, um, just processing with the Lord. Cause I was kind of going, I feel like I'm not redeeming the time very well. Like I, and I was just being really hard on myself. And by like Friday, I spent some time with the Lord and, and I was also talking to a mentor and just kind of got to verbally process some stuff that I should have gotten out of my system way earlier, but praise God for mentors who listen to your stuff. Um, <laughs> and I just began to realize like, wow, there's a, like, I'm being really hard on myself. I have had a lot going on this week and it has been a lot more scattered and I have not been lazy by any means. Maybe I haven't prioritized the things that I wanted to, like putting God first and everything, but doing the busy work for him rather than actually getting my heart before him. Um, but at the same time, I haven't failed by any means. Like I've been very diligent in the stuff that I've been doing. I've been very committed. I've been pressing through when I'm anxious or when I'm frustrated or when I'm getting like five prayer requests from different people, like to actually hold them before the Lord, even if it's just for that moment. And so one of the things that I've realized in, in the past couple of days have just been asking the Lord is that part of redeeming the time for me is actually being more aware of the inner dialogue and, and really, uh, taking control of the thoughts, taking every thought captive that does not align with, with truth, does not align with the Lord. So, so where the accusations come in to go, okay, before I just jump on the bandwagon and agree with that, let me actually pause. I don't want to excuse behavior that could have been redeemed better. But at the same time, I don't want to disregard what I have done well 
Um, I was actually talking to a friend who was kind of in a similar place earlier this week, and I was like, man, I created this to-do list. I have all this time, and I got caught up like doing one thing, and then I got distracted, and the whole day goes by, and I like halfway got through one thing on my to-do list. And I was just saying, you know, one of the things that I've done in the past, and I am trying to implement again, is not just making a to-do list, but making a got-done list. Because <laughs> a lot of times as nice. we're going through our day-to-day lives, yeah. you know, you create a to-do, especially for parents. Nate, you probably feel this a lot. Kyle as well. Like, y- you have it on your radar to do something, and then all of a sudden life happens. And so you get to redirect in the moment, and through the conversation, like, just pray in the spirit, converse with the Holy Spirit and really fight to tune your focus to the voice of the Lord rather than the voice of the accuser. And at the end of the day, when you're like, I am exhausted and I feel like I got nothing done that was on this list, actually pause and reflect on what has gone well and how can I take joy and celebrate what the Lord gave me strength to do now because that's going to actually fuel me for tomorrow way more than the frustration and the fact that I have so much more that I still haven't gotten done. That's good. That's good. Somebody said one time, time is the most precious commodity we have. Um, So how we spend it, we've all got the same measure, 24 hours. And so um, just ask the Lord to help you uh, order your steps to redeem the time. Amen. Question four, as you have been, I love this question. I'm looking forward to this. As you've been reaching out to the church family, what are some good reports you can share? I'll say this just off the top. We've, if you've been getting calls, hopefully you have, or, or texts or things from the staff, we've been, we kind of set, set us the whole church database, and we've been hopefully covering everybody and reaching out. So um, that's part of something that we've done to redeem the time. So, um, but what are some good reports? I'll share four really quickly. Um, Abigail Gordon, a 17-year-old member of Headwaters Youth, her mom's name is Sherry, <laughs> River in the Hills Church family members, she started a nightly Zoom Bible study with all of her friends, her young friends on social media, every night at 9.30 p.m., and she just said there's people from not only this region, but all over the world joining in, because she's got international friends being a tennis player. Youth, <laughs> a youth, a 17-year-old starting a Bible study every night at 9.30, using the technology. Second, we had a young adults socially distanced group hike two weeks ago before the, <laughs> we tried, before the, uh, the new measures were put in by Governor Abbott this week. And that was like one of the most full of life, full of joy hangouts that I can, I can remember. Jessica sitting in the back was there like, it was just full of life, and like there were like 10 of us there, and we were just rejoicing together, rejoicing that we could be together outside, and at the end of it, I felt led to invite us to get in a circle, four to six feet apart, each of us in the circle, and actually hear the Lord prophetically for the person to the right of us, and we went around systematically in the circle, and each person, each young adult had like a dead-on prophetic picture or encouragement or word for the person to the to the right of them. With some of them, I'm sure they've, they've maybe done that one or two or three times. It, it, was, it was amazing. It was a, for me, it was a fulfillment of Acts 2.17, which is a promise that in the last days, your, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. It says again, they shall prophesy. So like everyone can hear the Lord and deliver it. That was, it was, it was mind-blowing to me. Um, third real quick, uh, Patrick Hagan, uh, another church member, has been giving, getting prophetic dreams he had a vivid, wild dream of heaven a few weeks ago. And then just two nights ago, 
he had a dream of, of a warning from the Lord, like basically we're not ready. The things that we've been saying for 12 years, <laughs> we're not ready. We need to buy more oil. So God is releasing prophetic dreams. And last, uh, Diana Harland, a faithful church member here, reached out to a neighbor of hers who was in need, delivered food and supplies to her, got to interact with her, learn more about her family. And through this interaction, we have, we have taken her on as a, as a prayer assignment. Her family won't get the details, but basically their, their family, we're just praying for them. And Brooke and I sent in a text message prayer. We were in separate rooms. Brooke was at home. I was here at the church. We sent in separate text message prayers at the exact same time with the exact same phrase for this family. And the phrase was that God would release true light, true light to this family that Diana had reached out to with her love. And so if you want to agree with me for true light to be released over this family that Diana reached out to, they live in Lakeway, just agree with me. That clearly was on heaven's heart. And where two or three agree anything on earth concerning anything, it will be done for him by my Father in heaven, is what the Lord says. So true light released to that family. I could go on, but those are my four. I don't have any specific that I'm going to share. I'm going to kind of sum up um, just based upon a lot of the same things that I've been hearing, and it's, it's this. I have been so encouraged by the response of our church family that, like, yes, not to discount what you said, we aren't ready to a degree, but to the measure that we have been able to be ready up to this point, we've been doing a really good job. I have been hearing consistently, to, like people being sober-minded about what's happening, not, not being ignorant, not being like, oh yeah, everything's fine, we're totally great. Being very wise and very aware, but also so rooted. Like, yes, there's challenges, yes, yes it's hard, but the Lord is our strength. The Lord is our deliverer. You know, I'm not going to give up. We're not getting discouraged. We're choosing to trust in the Lord. And I have just, I have seen this and I'm like, man, I, I know that, that that's not the case for a lot of believers. A lot of believers are very shaken right now. Yeah. They're very, very shaken by the uncertainty, by the questions. But our church family, every single person who I have talked to has not really been tr shaken, yes. which shows that, that you've been heeding the words <laughs> that Pastor Glenn has been preaching for a decade plus, um, that, that you're actually living this thing out. And so my encouragement is as we continue, and th this is one thing that the Lord has been speaking to me, like, Rachel, you might have oil that's helping you right now. Yep. But if you use up your oil reserves and you don't continue to buy yep. oil right now, when this whole thing is over, you're not going to, you're going to be totally without. Yeah. So make sure that you keep like in the areas where you're leaning into the reserves, yep. good, but keep getting more oil, keep yep. getting more oil. So keep doing what you've been doing and, and thank you for, for heeding the voice of the Lord, for heeding the word of the Lord and for choosing yep. joy and trust in the midst of this. Yes. voices that um, this is a dry run, a trial run yep. uh, for us to get kinks out, you know, work <laughs> out whatever, uh, troubleshoot basically to where we can be ready uh, and uh, leaner and meaner in the spirit for the next, for the next things and be, become more of light in the dark world. Yeah. And so um, I'm personally very encouraged. Do you have anything specific on? No, no, no. it's just Good. It's a good thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just encouraged that every time I talk to somebody, it's good news. Yeah. Come on. So. They let me uh, z uh, crash the young, young married uh, home group by Zoom on Friday night. And, uh, young at heart, married. Uh -huh, you yeah, are I married. I missed everybody. I just yeah. wanted to see the faces and all that. It was, uh, but man, uh, in particular, just the couples, there was just such joy in the home. You could just, I was like feeding off that joy. And, wow. 
So, you know, nobody was throwing plates at each other, and it was good. All right. All right. Well, we're going to get to come to the last one. Uh, do you have a prophetic word or encouraging word or scripture for the church at this time? See, not everybody gets this, I have a word, but a scripture comes up, that's a prophetic that's a word. Prophetic. It's, it's the logos, the written becoming the rhema. Okay, so um, is there a scripture or encouraging word? And we'll, we'll kind of be heading toward the end with this. Why is everybody looking at grace? Um, and then the prophet spoke. Oh no. <laughs> um, I just heard, it was so sweet from um, the Holy Spirit about, I think it was two days ago. I just heard so clearly. Um, I'm sharpening vision in the humble and the righteous responses. And then I, and then I was like, whoa. And I was like, again? there's so many layers to that. But then I heard, um, walk in the light as you are children of the light, which I knew was a verse in Ephesians. And Ephesians 5, 6 through 10 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but, you, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So two parts. I really feel like this is how the Lord sees us as Rith, how we're responding. We are in humble and righteous responses. And then also just as an encouragement of what it looks like when you, as a child of the light, walk in the light. And what that, and how... I just love the part about for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. As you go out, as you call your friends and your family members, as you are out in the grocery stores, you have true light to give. You have true fruit that will that could that will that can and will change people's lives because you carry who Jesus is. Yeah, I woke up this morning and I was actually still laying in bed and I knew this question was coming and I hadn't I hadn't heard anything uh, yet, and so I just asked the Lord again. I was like, Lord, is there anything that, you, that you're saying that you want me to speak in on this? And I just pictured in my mind uh, Psalm 103 in my Bible because I knew what the page looked like. And so I just opened it up, and, and there's a few verses that I felt the Lord highlighting, so I'm just going to read these. Um, so Psalm 103, starting in verse 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place, it knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his covenant commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Ooh. I just feel like the Lord wants to encourage us with that. There's, there are promises. I would encourage you guys to, uh, to really go visit this psalm and take a few minutes to meditate on it. Ask the Lord what he's speaking to you in it. I, I personally was really encouraged by verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Just the reminder that God is enthroned right now. He's still on his throne. He's still reigning. His kingdom is still over all. 
And I can take comfort in that. And so I believe that there are phrases within this section of scripture, Psalm 103, 13 verses 19, that are really going to speak um, to, to some of you. Thank you. We'll get one more. Yeah. Turn off the news and turn on your Bibles. Turn off Tiger King and turn on Lion King. Not the Disney movie, but rather watch the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of Kings, in the Word of God. Find the beauty of the true Lion King in your Bibles and weep over his beauty. Yes. That's so good, Kyle. Just just to add to that, everyone watching, you know that you don't watch the news for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or an hour and then shut it off and go like, hallelujah, I feel so good. <laughs> this, just, this just encouraged me and built me up, and I, this was buying oil. Like, that just doesn't happen. So, yeah, don't, don't do it. That's good. Hey, we're going to, um, we're going to just kind of transition right now into... Uh,